Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of The Why Behind the What, where the what can start a conversation, but the why can open up one's soul. My name is Nathan Elbert, and as always, I am so glad you are listening today. It's been a few weeks since I have posted an episode. My apologies for that. I actually had recorded an episode uh, about a month ago with my friend Jeffrey. Uh, He appears in my book, and I wanted to interview him uh, about not only the stories in my book, but uh, also his story and his journey of, of growing up as a gay individual in a conservative Christian home. So I have that episode ready to go. But then the mass shooting in Orlando happened. And after talking to Jeffrey, it simply didn't seem right to post his interview the day after the shooting. So I'm not posting it today either. Instead, I'm, I'm doing something a little different on today's episode. Now, when I learned of the mass shooting in Orlando, I was so angry. I was angry at death, and I was angry at the shooter, angry at guns and violence, angry at such hate, angry that, that th- things like this keep happening in our country, angry that nothing seems to be changing. So to distract myself from my anger, uh, I watched the Tony Awards, which were great. But then I realized how quickly my emotions were turning into deep sadness. Sadness that this is commonplace in our country. Sadness that many of us aren't even shocked when we hear things like this happen. Sadness that so many LGBTQ individuals' lives were lost. Sadness that our LGBTQ sisters and brothers were targeted And now many of them feel afraid to be who they are. In the last few weeks, I've reached out to dozens and dozens of my LGBTQ friends. Uh, Some I called, some I've been texting, uh, some uh, we've just sat on the phone and cried together, some I've been emailing back and forth. But when this happened, I I wanted them to know that I was praying for them and I was grieving with them and I was lamenting as they were lamenting and I was doing my best to stand with them. And as a Christian pastor, I wanted them to know that I will do whatever I can to stand with them, to care for them, to pray for them, pray with them, and make spaces where they feel safe again. And I will do whatever I can to end violence in our world. Now, in these conversations, I asked a handful of them if they wouldn't mind being on the podcast. I thought, well, what if I did a podcast episode and we made kind of an audio journal of people's reactions to this event? So I asked each of them the following three questions. What was your initial reaction when you heard about the shooting? What are you feeling now? And third, what can we do to be with you during this time of grief or pain? So today, you'll hear from about 16 of my LGBTQ friends. You'll hear their reactions, you'll hear their pain, you'll hear their hope, you'll hear their frustrations and laments and their anger, and you'll hear their own words. Now, for some, uh, there's language that might be considered explicit, and I didn't edit it out because I think it's honest and real and authentic. Language is powerful. Words can be powerful. And the words and language in this podcast are important for us to hear. So listen well, my friends, for this is family. Honestly, my initial reaction when first reading about it was just of numbness. And it wasn't really a numbness of shock. It was 
a numbness of, oh, there's another one. Almost a feeling of normalcy where something that happens so often lately in our country and in our society and in our world was happening again. And it's almost like your your brain and your heart go into this sort of flight or fight and you're just like, oh, there's another one. So my initial reaction was that of not being able to really process what had happened and not really at that point knowing the extent of what had happened um, and just kind of feeling like that sort of unable to move shock that kind of glazes over you. I had just woken up and Stephen, my husband, rolled over and told me that a mass shooting had happened the night before. I wasn't fully awake and honestly wasn't super surprised that it had happened again with the, how easy it is for people to get guns. So I grabbed my phone and started to look it up. And that's when I saw where the shooting had taken place. And so many times Stephen and I have wondered, are we safe? Uh, do we, can we hold hands in public? Or we always ask each other, is this the place? Can we be us? And I guess I, in that moment, I realized we really aren't safe. What was my initial reaction when I heard about the Orlando shooting? I, I don't know. I, the first thing I did was text my best friend, Robert, because he, we like did the Disney college program together. And Robert goes out to the clubs all the time, <laughs> mostly to Parliament House, but he goes to Pulse occasionally. So like before I could even process what was happening, I just like sent him a text and was like, tell me you're okay. So my first reaction when I heard about the Orlando shooting was anger. I feel more attached to this episode because it was at a gay nightclub in Orlando. And although it's still relatively inconclusive in terms of the shooter's motives um, and whether they were LGBT related, regardless uh, this being the highest number of people that have been murdered in one of these um, mass shootings is just ridiculous. The numbers keep going up, and I'm really pissed off about it. Angry. I was very angry and sad. Why is this happening still? Why do people hate so much? Um, and I was scared for a moment <laughs> because I thought, that could be me. Almost any night of the week, I could be at that club, any club. I'm a target. And I live in New York City, where you always kind of feel like a target. Um, but then I decided that was the reaction they'd want. And that the choice should be to celebrate. Celebrate the Tony. Celebrate life. Celebrate my community. Um, celebrate my strength and being a proud gay man, and and stand to make a difference, to change, do what I can, volunteer, sign petitions, talk to Congress people, try to change somebody's mind so there's a little bit less hate in the world. So that was my initial reaction on Sunday morning. When I first heard about what happened in Orlando, 
I was in shock like most of us. And I just kept thinking, how could a person kill one person, let alone 50 people? I was in complete shock and felt numb. And living in a large city like Chicago, we receive so much support to the LGBT community that sometimes we forget that such deep-rooted hatred even exists. Yes, we've all experienced homophobia, people yelling horrible things like faggot at us, but something of this magnitude is on a whole other level. The first reaction when I heard about the shooting in Orlando was to cry. Um, All these shootings are incredibly tragic, but this has been the first time that it hit home for me. Uh, This could have been me. This could have been one of the bars that I frequent with my LGBT friends and even my straight friends who are allies. Most people don't understand how a nightclub could be a sanctuary and might see it only as a place of drinking and frivolity. There are not many safe places for us in the LGBT community, but gay bars and nightclubs provide a place where we can let loose, where we don't have to look over our shoulder and worry about some yelling faggot as we pass by. When I first learned of the shooting in Orlando, it was very early on Sunday morning, and I just got a news alert on my phone and just saw that 50 had been killed in a mass shooting. I didn't really think anything of it other than, oh boy, another shooting, here we go. Then as I learned it was at a gay bar in Orlando, one, my immediate thought was, holy crap, I hope that my friends Emily and Autumn are okay. And another thought was just anger, like why, why the LGBT community, was this a hate crime, was this a terrorist attack, I had no idea, there were so many thoughts, so many emotions, it was very overwhelming, um, I didn't know how to process it all, so my initial thoughts and feelings were just shock and anger and angst, just wondering if my friends were okay, and if they... I remember quickly getting on Facebook to see if any of them had posted something, because then at least I knew that they were alive. They weren't able to respond to a text, and they had posted things, so I knew that they were okay, which I was very glad. But then I saw that one of their friends was actually shot. Um, He survived, come to find out. He got shot in the leg three times, but he is on the mend, so thank God for that. My brother had texted me that... He was fine, that him and his fiancée, who's also a man, and his roommate were fine. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, turn on the news. There's been a shooting. I said, oh, is this about the singer? He said, no, there's a mass shooting at a club. And so I turned it on and saw all the images of bodies being carried away. And reports coming in that 20, 30, 40, up to 50 people have been shot in a mass shooting by a guy who simply didn't like watching two men kiss. And I just sat there in stunned silence, suddenly angry and hurt and sad and relieved that my brother and his fiancée were okay. In the last few days since the shootings in Orlando, Florida, the many people killed and the many people hurt, my emotions have been up and down 
it's been difficult for me to put them all together, to put one name on them. Part of, most of it is anger. I felt a lot of anger towards what happened. But in the coming days, I've also felt so much disappointment. People that have stood up in the past for any kind of shootings, any kind of problems going on, any kind of mass anything, have changed profile pictures on Facebook and been very vocal about offering prayers for the people that have been injured and impacted by tragedies. However, the what has disappointed me and hurt me so much is the incredible silence around this. I think people are still having so many issues with homophobia as it is that if they feel that if they offer any sympathy that they are condoning something they don't believe in or making some kind of stand in that way. My initial reaction when I heard about Orlando was a mix of feeling sadness and helplessness at yet another mass shooting. It's just become absolutely ridiculous at how commonplace they become. I remember feeling lonely since I recently left my church community, and I found myself really missing and wanting to be around my friends from that community for the Sunday service that'd be happening later that morning. And then it really started to hit home, and I lost it for a bit whenever I saw Anderson Cooper's segment where he read the names of those who had been killed while showing their pictures and repeating brief words that their friends and family had to share about them. When I first heard about the shootings in Orlando, I unfortunately wasn't completely shocked because of all the other shootings that we've had happening over the past couple decades. Um, Unfortunately, we've become really desensitized to it. But as the day went on and I thought more about it, I felt really heavy-hearted about it and just devastated for those families and friends and the people who died um, while they were just out enjoying themselves. I remember last Sunday waking up and in a little bit of a haze because we had all been out the night before and turning on the news and just not knowing what was going on. And, you know, I I woke up my husband and we were watching and we just couldn't believe how terrible it was. And just not really knowing what was going on was probably the biggest, you know, uh, issue we were having. My initial reaction was one of disbelief, and then it quickly went to one of anger. Um, As the death toll rose and the number of of the people that had been killed and affected and um, and the reasons for it, I went through a, a myriad of emotions, but mostly just sadness and fear. And then I think where I'm at right now is I'm just not going to let this um, be something negative in my life. It has to mean something positive. So pushing forward, making sure that um, I am doing something, that I am calling my congressman, that I'm debating with people that disagree, um, uh, that I'm calling people out on their BS, um, whatever. But um, volunteering at the Whitman Walker uh, Health Center or the Gay Men's Health Health Crisis, um, whatever, but doing something and and actually using this as an opportunity to really look at my life and and see um, if there's something that I, I can be doing more. 
When I initially found out about uh, all the stuff in Orlando, I was just very sad. Um, you know, all these shootings have happened with different people and on different walks of life. And I just felt like this one for me hit home more so than uh, all of the other ones. And it just made me very sad. And I just, I just didn't know where to go from there with it. I remember coming home from church that day. And as I was driving home, suddenly it all kind of came crashing in. Um, I'd been okay at church and I um, felt like we had a good service and we, we said something to at least acknowledge what happened and who it had impacted. But as I came home, that's when it all came crashing in. That's when I felt all the ways that I exist in the world where I do feel unsafe um, as a black man, as a gay man, um, the ways that I feel like I've had to fight for acknowledgement, for visibility, for support. We're persecuted, we, uh, we face violence, and we face systemic discrimination just because we exist as we are, just because we're bold enough and brave enough to be who we are and to go in the world and be known as who we are. The way I feel now is very different than my initial reaction of numbness and of emotional void. Right now, as you start to hear the news unfold, and you start to hear the really personal stories, it's only natural to think about that could have been me. There have been many times that I've been in clubs like that. There have been many times I've been in similar situations. My friends have been in similar situations. And it shakes you to your very core. And it makes it so real and so personal. And I just feel so afraid and no one should have to feel this afraid because of who they love. How am I feeling? Oh, God. I, shit. <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh, I don't want it to be real. But, like, I know that it is. And, like, I, God, I think I'm so thankful and grateful that none of my friends that I have that I made when I was working down there and doing my internship in Orlando um, are gone. But that, that's not to say they aren't affected because many of them lost another friend. It's just, I don't know, it's unreal to think about because the gay community in Orlando was very close-knit. It was huge and everybody knew everybody. I feel like I'm a mix of emotions. Um, I'm angry. I'm scared, I'm heartbroken, and I'm tired. I feel just exhausted. This week has been so many emotions, um, reading things online constantly and everybody weighing in on what they think is the best way to handle us, kind of like how things always are, rather than just letting our humanity be acknowledged and what it is. People seem to have to not only tell us that they are standing with us, but where they stand with that. So I'm just really tired and, and drained. 
it's very troubling. Although I do have a large community of friends that are standing up with me, offering me support, making sure that I know that I'm loved, making sure that I know I'm okay. I didn't know any of the people there that were hurt or injured. Now I just feel complete sadness for the victims, their families, and frankly for all of humanity. I know this was targeted towards the gay community. These mass shootings keep happening, and I think it's something we all need to address. And the people in that nightclub that evening were not only gay, but there were some straight people too. And um, I remember reading uh, about one of the victims. She had beat cancer twice, and she had many kids. And she went there that night just to support her son. She loved him so much that she just wanted to spend time with him and dance with him on the dance floor. And this was not a gay woman. She just loved her son that much that she wanted to be with him. And she lost her life because she loved her son. So this is not just about being gay. This is about human life. And even now, even days later, I'm looking at all these images and seeing all of the photos of the victims and and just weeping and being so angry. I, I just want the world to love itself right now. I keep having to like close my laptop and abstain from getting on Facebook because I see one of two things pop up in my feed. I either see people from Orlando or like LGBTQI plus allies or people part of that community. And they're all posting these very emotional, sentimental things about the shooting. And it's just, it's like almost retina burn and it, it's like disheartening and saddening. But then I also see, like, all these crazy motherfuckers, excuse my language, from Tennessee, who are just, like, just racist and willing to defend the Second Amendment for, like, to such lengths that it could literally kill their children. And I am, like, struggling with still trying to process that. I just, like, I had a friend, a conversation with my friend Paige, and we just, like, we are talking about we how we can't understand the logic behind people who, like, so vehemently stand behind gun rights. Like, even the question or mention of some type of common-sense gun reform is, like immediately makes you their mortal enemy. Right now, I still am very angry. But I'm also really committed to being the gayest that I can possibly be this weekend. So this weekend is not only Orlando's Gay Pride Celebration Weekend, but it also happens to be my city's Gay Pride Celebration Weekend. I live in Columbus, Ohio, and it happens to be the second largest gay pride celebration in the Midwest outside of Chicago. We have been averaging around 400,000 people 
at our celebrations, and we're expected to smash that record this year because of the events in Orlando. So I think that this will be a big fuck you to, yes, the shooter, but it's also to wake straight people up. It's to wake um, gay people up, bi, trans, Q, all of us, up to the fact that even in 2016, um, we think that there's evolution happening in the world. We think that we are progressing with medical influences, technological influences, industrial influences. But at the heart of things, people are still fucking dying. And this is my big one-fingered salute to the idea of us uh, dying, which is not going to happen. We're going to survive. Gloria Gaynor said it right. And I planned on uh, proving that this weekend. What really got me was the news footage of the mother who ran about looking for her son and looking for answers to her son's whereabouts and only finding later that he was tragically killed. And that, that woman's son was a few years younger than I, and that could have been my mother. And so the thought that this could have been me at any time really resonates and breaks my heart. As of right now, I'm still feeling the heartbreak. There's fear, of course, and anger that one of these atrocities can happen with our government just offering condolences and not taking action. Mostly I feel helpless. Um, I'm in Los Angeles, not in Orlando. I can donate money. I can go to vigils. I can post things to Facebook. I can sign petitions, but it all feels soft to me. Um, I'm a very driven person, and I want to do something. I want to do something that means something, and I want to help in a way that is more active. Um, and as a gay man, I'm not even allowed to donate my own blood to help those in need, which is terrible there's still a anger anger over the fact that people are using this almost as a a political gain um a platform for gun control or lack of gun control and i feel like they're missing the point of it the point is that 50 people died 50 lives were lost brothers sisters maybe even parents uncles Sons, daughters, they were lost. Who? I mean, they forgot to actually like take a minute to mourn the fact that 50 lives were lost. Here we are, a community that has been oppressed for so long. I mean, many of us go through a, a long period of our life where we are hiding and living in fear. And then when we finally get the courage to come out, it's liberating, it's... It's freeing, and one of those places that a lot of us kind of seek refuge in and just being able to be free and be who we are is gay bars. Growing up in the Christian faith, um, there's definitely some fear around the fact that I was gay. So it was so comforting, so liberating to be able to go to a place and just be me. Currently, I'd say the shooting in Orlando has been prompting me to look at fear and the role it plays in my life, which has led to a desire to push back against it even more. 
in this context, that seems like a desire to be more out as a gay person who's a Christian, maybe even more defiant at times. Being out and being defiant can feel somewhat synonymous when you grow up in the church internalizing messages, saying that being gay is wrong and should not be spoken about. So it makes me want to push back and live in a way that does not allow senseless acts of violence and fear in general to have the last word or to control me. And it makes me want to be a better friend to others when I know they're hurting because of tragic events or systemic issues that are hurting them. After this happened, just thinking about how we can continue to support one another and love one another, and what does that look like as a Christian? What does that look like as a human? What does that look like? And just um, spreading that message of Christ, but also loving each other in our actions and not just with words. I think now I just uh, hope that maybe this can shed some more light on these things that are happening. Part of me just doesn't feel like anything is really going to change much because I feel like the people that are out there are just going to continue and it's just very sad. I think that the best thing for us to do uh, and to continue to do is just band together and to you know, be a family, uh, which is what I think has been happening uh, since this happened. I'm just, I go back and forth. I go to being sad, go to being angry, go to being um, uh, uh, frustrated, go to being, uh, you know, all the, all the range of emotions that one could have. But how I'm feeling now is is empowered. I mean, really called to action, really called to do something about it, like I said previously. Um, That's what I want to focus on, and that's what I want to do. Otherwise, this will just continue to keep on happening, and this will be something that um, won't have any impact, and that would be the most sad thing. We had never heard of Pulse, or we didn't know if our friends had gone there. So... um we just kind of started texting people immediately and then we started talking and it was just kind of like this wave of emotion just came over us and we're like, we're just not safe anymore. And not, not that we're not safe anymore, that we're, you know, we have to be worried about who we are again. I guess that's what the biggest concern was, was that we thought, you know, with gay marriage passing and, we've been so excited about the the election coming up that this wasn't an issue. And now all of a sudden it's an issue again. And I haven't really felt afraid of who I am in since I can remember. And now all of a sudden I just felt afraid to be gay. And that was kind of scary. I think silence is the part that's been the most scary and the most unsettling. Um, because I do know church leaders who have very large churches with a number of gay people, and because they're churches that don't affirm or don't uh, accept gay people as they are, um, something like Orlando happens and it becomes no response or it becomes, oh, we're sorry in general, but we won't talk about who was affected, we won't acknowledge why they were impacted, or we'll try to shift the conversation 
to something about terrorism or we'll shift the conversation to this being solely about guns um, and kind of erase the, the victims and the lives that were impacted directly. Still so sad, so angry, but also filled with hope, pride. I've really seen so many people come together. Hope is alive and well, even in the midst of such anger and sorrow. I'm glad that hope is still alive in me and in my friends in this community. I immediately found my way into love and feeling like no matter what details would come out later, that love was going to be the center of my response. As for what people can do to come alongside others in this time, I don't think it really needs to be all that complicated or difficult. A small gesture like a text or email can go a long way. I received an email from a friend checking in to see how I was doing, saying that she was mourning with me and reminded me that she loved me and would be there if I wanted someone to talk with. Just reaching out to let someone know that you're thinking of them and there for them if they need something doesn't take too much effort, but it can be really encouraging in a tough time. Stop the hate. Um, Christ preaches love. That was his greatest command was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the second greatest command was to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you want to help, then just stop. Stop hating love. Um, stop being selfish. Engage with the LGBT community and get to know them, hear their stories. They are people. They are humans with emotions and with history and with stories, and they need to be heard. I received a call on Sunday from my parents, my conservative Christian parents, and they told me that they protect me and they love me and they wish that I was safe. Um, and it was amazing to me because I realized um, that this affected them as well being parents of a LGBTQ person, um, they were afraid and sad and angry just like I was. Um, that's what the church and the Christian community can do. They can come alongside their brothers and sisters um, that are LGBTQ and they can let them know that they are loved, but more importantly, that they are safe and that they will be defended and that they will be supported. Um, that is how they will be supported. That is what, what can be done in the community. And then secondly, um, do something. Say something, do something, volunteer. Like I said, vote, volunteer, picket. Make sure that you're, you're going out and you're doing, um, you're doing something. I'll be honest, I think I'm very sensitive, as are many other LGBTQ people, we're easily offended right now. It's hard because a lot of the people that are speaking up and saying they support and love us are the very people who have fought for us to not be included in church, to not have rights to marry, just to be less than. So it seems a bit disingenuous at times, even though I, I know that they mean well and that their hearts are probably broken. I think I think the best way someone can walk alongside us now 
Um, if you work in a church or a ministry and you wonder if you're speaking up enough, the asking of that question is probably your answer. You're not. I can speak up as much as I'd like about wanting to be included in the church and in ministry, but it doesn't carry much weight. What we need is for you to speak up. If you're in church or in a ministry and you're an ally, don't assume people know. Let your voice be heard. Let people know why you believe that we should be welcomed in church. In doing that, you will give others courage to share. And I know it might be hard and it's scary, but I, I believe great conversations will come from that. And maybe you disagree with us, but you truly are grieving and want to support us. Let us know that you're grieving and leave it at that. This isn't the time to give us a lesson or to let us know where you stand on things. I often find that people do that, and I think it's more to appease their own conscience. We've heard it so many times, and right now we just need you to love us, care for us, and grieve the loss that we've experienced. That's what Jesus would do. Sit with us in our pain, and that's all we ask of you. Going forward, yes, our voices need to be heard. But I think we all have to look at why this keeps happening. And on the at the very least, we all need to start loving each other more. I mean, love, I've seen people walk right by a homeless person without even you know, acknowledging them. Even if you don't have money to give them or if you don't want to give them money, just treat them like a person, you know. Um, help an elderly person. Open a door for somebody. Smile at people. People become very narrow-minded, and they don't show any humanity on a regular basis. And I think that's a start. Just love one another. How can you come along me in this time of grief? I don't know. I just love. Just everybody love everybody. Why can't we all be friends? That's like what I just keep asking myself. So I guess I, I, I just want people to keep preaching love and to stand up against people who are negative. Best way that you can come alongside me in this time of grief and pain is to continually support the ban on military assault weapons. This shouldn't even be a conversation about whether we should ban assault weapons or not. This is ridiculous. That's the best way that you can help me right now in this time of grief and pain. We need all of your prayers um, for those lost, but your prayers aren't enough. We need your actions too. We need you to stand up and fight with us, not just pray and forget about it. I've recently seen something saying so many people posted about the death of a gorilla, but so many people are scared to post about the death of 49 gay and lesbian and allies in this mass shooting, and that's sad. We need action. We need love. We need you to reach out to other people, to tell somebody you know that's gay, that you love them with no if, and, or but, just because of who they are. Be an ally. Stand in love. Show Christ's love. Be a witness. Um, and together, we can make a difference.
what we all need right now is we need comfort, we need support. Um, hug the queer and LGBT people in your life. Tell them you love them. Be an ally. Donate blood. Uh, this is National Pride Month, and there's still two weeks left. If there's a parade, go out and celebrate with them. Defend them when you see them being bullied or persecuted. And most of all, just stand with us. And the only thing we need to do is to continue to love one another and accept one another and respect one another. Because it's the only thing that unites us. No matter the age, sex, nationality, religion, the one thing that we all have in common is love. And through that love and respect, we can change the laws to keep this from happening again. It's way more than thoughts and prayers, but our actions really speak louder than, than those words. Um, I think as far as something that um, we would need or myself that I would need is to just know that I'm supported and I'm loved. And I definitely have felt that in my community of friends and family. Um, I definitely feel that from all of them. And I don't feel um, shunned or, you know, like an outsider. I feel like I definitely have a group of people that, you know, that do that for me. And I just hope and I pray that we can do that for everybody. Um, you know, LGBT or not, we should all be supporting and loving each other and praying for each other. Thinking about things that I would need or that I would want from people that I care about or people that I love would just be continuing to support one another and to love one another. Um, sometimes in families there's discourse because of someone's you know, sexual orientation, and I've definitely experienced that myself and continue to experience that. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't feel loved, but I also know that there could be more of an effort made to just be supportive when these types of things do happen. I guess when asked that question of, you know, what can people do to, to be with or come alongside with, um, as you put it so wonderfully, is that it's just being there and supporting and knowing that there's nothing else to do than maybe just put your arm on someone's shoulder or, just say you get it. Um, it's simple things. It's little things that affect people more than, you know, fists in the air and screaming and crying. It's, in my experience, it's always been the little, small moments that mean the most. So it's people who are really, to, really willing to be intersectional, the people who are willing to look at all of it, to look at the, at the fact that these are people of color, to look at the fact that these are... Um, LGBTQ people, you know, there's so many, there's so many parts to this that affect so many parts of our society. You know, it's it's just such a delicate and nuanced and and complex uh, situation. But for people who are willing to to walk into that complexity, the people who are willing to walk into the gray areas, the uncertainty, or even the uncomfortable parts, and to affirm their love and to dignify humanity and people who lost their lives and who were injured and impacted by this. I think that's been the, the strongest show of support. I think the way that you can best come alongside us in our grief and our pain is to kind of get rid of the word us and to embrace the word we. 
I think we are all one family, not to sound cliche, but we're all brothers and sisters. And I think about Jesus and his teachings and his fervent message of love above all. And I think that that is the good news. And that's the news we have to cling to in the midst of this horrible news is that love will always conquer hate. So stand strong with us and we will conquer hate together. My name is Rachel Robertson and this is my family. My name is Stephen Jansen. This is my family. I'm Trish, and this is my family. I'm Dion. This is my family. I'm Ben. This is my family. I'm Tyler Crumlin, and this is my family. I'm Jonathan. This is my family. I'm Nate. This is my family. I'm Michael. This is my family. I'm Jamie. This is my family. I'm Jeffrey. This is my family. I'm Kevin Harris. This is my family. I'm Darren. This is my family. I'm Amanda. And I'm Lauren. And, and this, this is, is our family. family.